Here we go. Welcome to the Transform with Travel podcast, where we share stories of personal transformation and life lessons through our experiences of traveling and exploring the world. Travel is the ultimate accelerator for personal growth, and it can be the root catalyst for the pivots and plot twists we make in our lives. I'm your host, Kelly Tolliday, and it's my mission to inspire you to live life to its fullest, travel with an open mind and heart, and let the world show you a new perspective. I'm so grateful you're here with us today, so let's dive right in. Happy exploring. Welcome to the Transform with Travel podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today, Diana. I've got Diana Smith here. She grew up in Northern California on a walnut orchard, so I want to definitely hear more about that. A walnut orchard. Okay. Definitely want to hear more about that. And she moved to Newport, Newport Beach, California at the age of 18 to go to college, which she ended up dropping out of after a few years to travel the world with her then boyfriend, now husband, Miles, which we will definitely hear more about. She's been married for almost eight years and have two young boys who are six and four. And she lived in San Diego up until a couple years ago and then moved to South Florida where her husband grew up. She homeschools her two boys which allows them the flexibility that they desire as a family to be able to travel and be able to visit both places where they're from. And she's a full-time stay-at-home homeschool mom who loves to bake sourdough bread, and she manages their short-term rental in California. When she's home, it's a goal of hers to have a slow schedule and not jam-packed with lessons, practices, and activities, which I really, really love. I definitely want to get into the slow living aspect of things. But first, I just want to welcome you. Thank Thank you for joining. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) So one thing you left out of your bio is that you also love to read books. I do love to read books. And that's how we met was a mutual friend of ours introduced us and said, hey, my friend Diana's hosting this backyard book club. Do you want to join? And I'm an avid reader, self-proclaimed nerd. I was like, yes, I'm in a place (laughs) where I can like actually talk and about Kelly books. is one of our best members I feel like <laughs> yeah I get, like the, so I get the like perfect attendance yes. award <laughs> and I love that it's not just a book club where you know you, you go and have wine and no one talks about the book I'm like totally. this is a no. serious we gotta read the books we've got a print out yeah. of questions yeah so I love that we'll talk about books in a little bit too because I definitely want to get into that but first I would love for you to talk about your experience of that decision of when you had met Miles and you guys decided you want to travel, that was a pretty big decision to decide to drop out of college and be able to go and travel the world. I'd love to hear a little bit about like what was going on in your mind at that time and what helped you take the leap. Yeah. Gosh, that's a good question. So Miles and I met, I was 23, he was 21. I was doing kind of like my sixth year of junior college. I was working all along and going to classes. And I just didn't have a ton of direction. I was kind of didn't know what I wanted to do. I kind of thought I'd go into elementary teaching. And then I met Miles and he was very adventurous and I was just seeking some kind of change. I had gotten out of a long-term relationship and I was like, I just want to travel. I don't want to date you. And I kind of told him no. And then he's like, let's travel together. And like the next week, we literally bought tickets to Bahamas and spent two months there. Yeah. So How did you just, guys meet? What was he doing out in California? If he, he was from moved, South Florida. Yeah. So he's from South Florida. He moved out at 18 to pursue surfing. Mm. And I was um, working in a little cafe in Newport Beach and he came in and it was like literally one of those dumb. Like a rom-com movie. Yeah. <laughs> I can. I, yeah, I mean, was, that was my whole yeah, story too. Totally. So. <laughs> it was like locked eyes. Like, yeah. So the rest is history. But yeah, I think I just really craved something different. I grew up on in a small town in Northern California on a walnut orchard, which is true. My parents still live there today. How cool. My dad still cares for the walnuts. and Like nature's been a strong theme in yeah, your growing up. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. We lived like on the outskirts of town in an orchard. And I think out of all my siblings, I'm probably the least nature They would probably say they're probably laughing if they hear this. Yeah. <laughs> but definitely like part of my 
childhood. Absolutely. So, and it's so special. My parents still live there. We go back very often and I love just being out there and bringing the boys there. So I just craved some excitement, something grand, I think. And um, it's funny because then once we did start traveling, you know, you realize how sacred home is. Mm. So I think my biggest thing is we do love to travel, but I also am a homebody in a lot of ways as well. So it's just a balance that we've kind of found that works for us. So yeah, we started traveling. We moved in together instantly. It just was game on from the start and then dropped out of college to go travel and live in a van for a year. This episode is brought to you by Child & Company. Child & Company is South Florida's first family-friendly office space featuring private offices, a professional content creation studio, and childcare for hybrid work and work-from-home parents located in Boca Raton. Child & Company is founded on the belief that you shouldn't have to choose between raising a family and being career-driven. Their core mission is to create an environment where family and work can exist in harmony. The best part to me as a mom is that you can pop in and breastfeed your baby or have lunch with your toddler if you like and then pop back into your office for your Zoom meeting, which I think is so key, especially for newborn moms going back to work. It's the perfect transition from emerging out of the newborn bubble and getting back to the business you love. Child & Company provides you the flexibility to work in a beautifully designed, ergonomic private office with insanely good Wi-Fi connection and soundproofing while just being steps away from your child. They have monthly themes that they base their lessons on, like exploring the animals of the Amazon, which I obviously love when children get opportunities to learn more about the world and build a sense of curiosity. Child & Company offers weekly and monthly classes and events, like some beanie, music class for babies, mindful cooking for toddlers, big kid yoga, and mindful mama community events, and so much more. I've been a member since February 2023, utilizing their private offices and their professional content creation studio. Child & Company is where all of the magic happens for this podcast. Their beautiful recording studio is soundproofed with state-of-the-art equipment, microphones, lighting, and cameras. So you can record your podcast, course content, meditation clips, and anything else you might want to record for your business. The Child & Company team truly feels like family. They are an extension of my team over here at Rising Nature Retreats and the Transform with Travel podcast, as well as an extension of my own family. If you're local to Palm Beach and Broward County, do yourself a favor and check out Child & Company. Visit www.childandcompany.com or head over to Instagram at Child & Company. Wow. Okay, so talk a little bit about that decision when, when you did you decided okay I'm gonna drop out of college what what were your parents thinking at that stage where they're like this is a spot on for Diana this makes sense or? I think so my yeah. parents are so cool they're yeah. like the most loving and down to earth people and I think they obviously like all parents want I think they really probably wanted me to finish college but they also cared more about what I wanted yeah and I think they knew ultimately I had a good head on my shoulders and whatever kind of path I wanted to take mm. they actually it's kind of funny thinking back because I think they were like, who is this young kid? He surfs. Like, what? Because growing up in Northern California, no one surfs. And they just thought he was so strange and like, what? You're going to Bahamas? You're doing this? You're doing that? And I just remember them being like, I don't know if this is the right path with him. <laughs> and now they like, <laughs> and now the they joke is him. they would kick me out of the family and keep him. Isn't that always the case, yeah. right? They're that, like, that's probably how maybe. Oh my God, my mom within like an hour was like, has he not always been a part of our family? What do you mean? You know, so. <laughs> totally. 
Yeah, oh, that's yeah. awesome. So, yeah. So then you guys went to the Bahamas. What brought you all the way from California all the way to the Bahamas for two months? And where in the Bahamas were you? We went to a little island called Long Island. Well, okay. it's actually like the longest island, but it's very small. Yeah. Uh, my husband, his dad at the time was running an Airbnb there. So we went to stay there and just kind of be little vagabonds. We did nothing to help at all. The, the goal was like, <laughs> oh, we'll help with the Airbnb. We didn't do anything. We just like... I don't know, laid by the beach and kind of had this great time. But that's what brought us specifically there. And I think it really opened us up to being like, we like to travel together. Mm. I mean, we fell in love instantly. So it just kind of like put everything into motion. And then we came back. I think we, we went back to school for a bit. And again, we were in junior college and we were both working. Like we didn't have family help in that way. So I think that also was a part of the point where my parents were really good about not trying to interfere. It's not like they were paying my tuition. and. Um, kind of had that hold on me. I had a lot of independence from an early age, um, and they respected that on the on the flip end, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's incredible. Yeah. And so you spent two months in the Bahamas, yeah. and then you decided we want to try van life. So, yeah. so backing up just a little bit. First of all, traveling when you first meet is totally. It's like it <laughs> it shows you really quick whether you're going to work or not. Totally. It's like a microcosm of of your whole life, just like packed into yep. one little room. So that's really cool that you guys survived that. Yeah. And then you decided we work really well together. We want to stay together. What what brought you into deciding van life was the next move? Well, I had always dreamed as a kid of going to Europe. It was like my bucket list. And Miles is just a true surfer. And he's like, okay, well, there's some really cool surf spots along the way. So it's really funny looking back because he is like the ultimate planner when it comes to trips. So I credit all of our travels to him. He's just really good at logistics and figuring things out and so he kind of like took the reins on that and he basically planned himself an entire European surf trip. So you got the Europe and he got the surf yes, trip. Totally. <laughs> and so yeah we started in England and that's where we bought our van and we actually worked there in Cornwall for a few months. Um, because he can work there right? Yes yeah, so his part? dad is British okay. and he through all this he applied for his dual citizenship. Right okay. Yeah so we found this really cool like it's some of the things you like think back on. You're like, how did that all work out? But, yeah. you know, it just does when you just go for it. But we found this little holiday park that basically people like bring motorhomes to. And so there was a restaurant and we decided to try to get serving jobs there. And we somehow talked the managers into paying all of our wages to Miles, my husband. Right. Everything funneled through him. So some weeks it would look like he would work like 90 hours. Yeah. They're like, it's not even possible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when is he sleeping? <laughs> And again, we like did not have a lot of money. So and the pound at the time was really strong. So it was just really cool to have the opportunity to work for I think it was like two and a half months. We kind of hunkered in there. And in Cornwall, they're surfing. So yeah. that was really cool. So we did that. And then we from there, we went down to France, went to Paris, which was a highlight with the van. It was kind of crazy. Where, but where did you stay with the van? This is back when Instagram wasn't really a thing. Right. And you didn't have any data when you were traveling. Right. So everything was like airplane mode. So we, we were just talking about this this morning. So we had to find um, these like forums and we found a forum from like 10 years prior and a guy said, park by this castle. It's so cool. Like it's like a little hidden secret spot. It's right by the metro so you can get on easily and explore the city, but leave your van there. And so we actually did. And it was like, I remember taking this photo in our little van next to just like this castle. But it's Paris so was definitely the hardest part with the van. Yeah, Europe's pretty friendly to vans in general or like caravanning but the cities as anywhere 
get tough. Yeah, definitely. And there's different rules and there's different signs in different languages and you're trying to figure out, can I park here? Can I not park here? Totally. Sydney's kind of the same. If you just go a little bit out of the city, there's loads of free range, but then you have to be just really careful because the fines are just so crazy. What was that like being in such tight quarters with each other for so long? And of course, it's not just you two. It's now like the extra quote unquote kids of the surfboards and, you know, you know, the (laughs) All the equipment that comes with surfing on top of all your food and everything. What was that like? It was, I don't know. We've just always kind of existed really well together. So I don't, it wasn't, the hardships didn't come from the relation side of traveling, from us Mm. relationally. It came from just all the outside stressors that come from, like, again, we didn't have a lot of money. So we were fearful of our van getting broken into or our van breaking down or Mm. those kind of things definitely led to the normal stresses of travel but as far as relationally like we felt so safe and happy in our van that's like the feeling that I remember the most like we were just because months prior to getting the van we were living in a hostel and like he was in the boys quarters I was in the girls quarters it was awful and then we got our van it was just our little safe place and we'd be like you know we went all the way down to Morocco and I remember just it was so wild and crazy but we had our safe little van yeah so it kind of became like a safe haven if that makes sense? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I, I was actually just speaking to somebody on the pod a couple weeks ago, and she also did van life on her own through uh, through California. She was going up and down the coast, and she said the same thing. She was like, I felt like it was my it was me and my van against the world. Yeah. Like I was like yeah. my own, my little safe space. And we talked a lot about minimalism and just learning mm-hmm. like what you need and what you don't need because there's physically not enough space Absolutely. in the van to make it work. I'm sure that was such a cool experience for you guys oh, to yeah. really realize what it really takes, what, what you really need. You Absolutely. Know? That's such a good point. It We had so little, but didn't feel like we needed anything. It's like the more you strip away from life, the more you realize the simplicity is yeah. more, means more. I don't know. It's like the freedom in it. Absolutely. Yeah. We had a few outfit changes and then a few groceries at a time. You couldn't stock up too much. It just We just lived yeah. simple. And it was awesome. I loved it. And so you guys finished your trip through Europe. Yep. What happened next? How did you guys make the move then to South Florida? So we sold our van in England. And that was like the money we had to come back with. And it was like 4,000 pounds. <laughs> it was not a lot. I mean, let's start our life. <laughs> and that was, yeah, that was kind of like... And we ended up back in California. That's like where we were based at the time. I started working at the yoga studio that I worked at for years when I did marketing for them. Oh, nice. Yeah. So that was... I didn't realize kind of, we had that connection. So yeah. you used to work at a yoga studio doing marketing or were you a teacher as well? I did get my teacher certification. Oh, no so I do oh, have cool. that. I'm just too shy to ever use it. Oh my gosh. Come to class. What are we doing? <laughs> I know. No, I love yoga. It was a big part of my 20s, I would say. Yeah. <clears throat> and I, I still love it. I just... Yeah. Life's busy. Life's yeah. busy. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But yeah, I worked at a yoga studio for like five years and I did their marketing and their buying. We had a little storefront. So I did a lot of work with like brands buying for our storefront, which mm. was really cool. And Miles worked in the surf industry. After we get back to California, we yep. both end up in our jobs and kind of just doing normal life. Get married, have our son, move down to San Diego. And then that's where we have our home in Oceanside. And yeah, everything was great. We had our second son. You know, we were super happy. And then 2020, the world, just everything kind of shifted everyone. And it just really helped us reevaluate, like, what do we want in life? What do we want our life to look like? I think we kind of got in that rhythm of just being in the young kid phase of life and Mm -hmm. kind of doing the work young kid, you know? And it was just this chance. We had this breather, breather moment to be like, 
what do we want? And I always remember, like, when I first met Miles, hearing about his life in South Florida. He was just always, everything revolved around the water. He was on a boat. He was spearfishing. He was surfing. He was skimboarding. Like, Mm -hmm. it all had to do with water. And I thought that was such a cool way to grow up. And while we lived in San Diego, and there's very, we're very close to the beach there as well. It's just much not as accessible at all as yeah, South Florida water I, is. I can 100% relate to that. So everyone's like, Sydney, it's the water, it's the beach. I'm like, yeah, but in South Florida, you have the boat. In some cases, for your, like at least for me growing up, my friends, we have the boat in the backyard. Yeah. Or you would just go, you just jump out and go on the boat and that's fine. And Sydney had to like plan for three weeks just to get out on the boat totally. and, and get out on the sea and get in the harbor. And is the water warm there? No, it's freezing. It's freezing. Yeah, yeah, it's freezing. So you're not just like hanging out totally. in the ocean. Uh, you're out in wetsuits and you're surfing totally. and that's really it. So yeah, people always just assume, yeah, it's it's the beach, but there's just totally. there's different levels of beach. And Absolutely. when the ocean's really important to you and you want to raise your boys with that as yeah, well. Like it's, literally in the water. Because yeah. we would go to the beach weekly in San Diego with our friend group and we loved it but you're putting your toes in you're not like swimming around or snorkeling or so seeing our boys snorkel and stuff it's like the coolest thing to me but um yeah so that happened in 2020 by 2021 we were kind of like all right let's try to do this bi-coastal thing let's try to hold on to our house here in Oceanside and make it a rental and purchase a home in Florida and kind of do a back and forth kind of schedule so we did it and it all worked out great we ended up kind of falling into this home right next to our friend and it just all worked out it was so meant to be because it was right before prices of homes just skyrocketed and everything so it just felt really like you know when you make a life decision and then everything falls into place yeah it was like aligned yeah yeah yeah, Yeah. very aligned move for us so then we kind of came here and we just never really (laughs) no no I'm kidding we actually go back every three months but it's more of like a check-in kind of go back we definitely prefer currently living here Mm. as like our main residents, but the idea is that we can kind of do either. Yeah. 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 That, like you said, that bi-coastal living and be able to give the boys a sense of both. Yeah. You, you mentioned that you manage the Airbnb out in Oceanside yes. in California. What has that been like for you in terms of just like, I don't know, running a business like that? Yeah. And, and I'm sure you learn a lot about people and yes. like the different types of people, different types of travelers. Oh like goodness. what's that been yes. like for you? I would say like the main headline of that job is customer service yeah. because you're just dealing with people and like you said it's people in travel mode so you get all sorts of you get some people who are just so happy they're on vacation and they're just wonderful fine. Yeah. and they're happy yeah. and grateful and then you get other people who have expectations and you just kind of sometimes can't meet everyone's expectations but overall I'm so proud of what we've created out there because we do have I mean in the world of Airbnb and BRBO like your super host status and stuff really matters yeah. and your reviews really matter For so sure. We've done a great job of just building that business and it it's working really well for us. The house pays our goal all along was that the house would just pay for itself mm. and kind of just be like an investment piece in the in the long run. Yeah. And it's done that and more. So I couldn't be more happy with that. Yeah. And I <laughs> I think I'm very uh, I don't want to say super sensitive, but I just care a lot about it. And so when I do have a guest that's even like the slightest bit, I'll get like a message. And their time, it may be 11 p.m., but our time, it's like 2 a.m. Yeah. And I'm like trying to wake up and solve the problem. <laughs> so it can be a little pull-on or hands-on. But other times that you just have like a run of amazing guests who don't need anything from you. And it's just great. That's so, amazing. And so when you go back to California, do you block out that time for you guys to use the house then? Yeah. So that's like 
I mean, that's amazing. You can yeah. use it when you want Absolutely. and you put it on Airbnb when you don't. Absolutely. What would yeah. you say to someone who's considering the option of buying an Airbnb property or perhaps doing what you did, you know, moving somewhere, but keeping the house that they that they're coming from? Yeah. What would you say? I'd like a piece of advice for somebody starting out in Airbnb or the, the world of short-term rentals. Hmm, that's a good question. I say definitely go for it. I think it's been extremely fruitful for our family. And honestly, through it, I've learned just so much about like the art of letting go. Mm. Before we made this decision, I want to say like six months prior to even me getting to that decision, I remember telling my husband like, ew, the thought of someone on my couch, like no way. <laughs> Yeah. And just like the more the material side of things being kind of weird about people being in our home. And I kind of realized like, gosh, I'm holding on so tight to these things that are just like material items. And I could potentially be missing out on just this whole other life. I always say to people like we had an amazing life in California. I, we, had a gr- we have a great group of friends, beautiful home, beautiful area. But I feel like our life is just even better here. Mm. It's just like sometimes you have to make those risks to find where you're meant to be even more. Yeah. And I think it's just our family just fits here so well right now. And I don't know if that's always going to be the case. But anyways, back to your advice question. I think if you really have it in your heart to do it, you should absolutely do it. Yeah. It's a lot of work. It took like two months of just, I mean, when you live in a home, you've got stuff everywhere. So it took about two months for me to just like whittle away at all of our belongings and make make it into a proper Airbnb. And then just kind of let go of like the material possession side of things and realize like things are replaceable. Yeah. If they're not replaceable, if it's an heirloom, put it in a locked closet. I I love that you went from van life having like no possessions to then being like not my couch. I know. know. But it's funny how that happens. It was totally and I just remember Miles kind of looking at me like, hmm. And I think he probably knew I'd like work through it. I just kind of. You need your own little time yeah. to get through it. I, I think one thing that you mentioned when you were talking about traveling was you love the adventure and being able to go out into the world, but you've realized how important having that home base is for you. Yeah. And that's something that I think as you get older, a lot of people start to recognize that having a place to land when you get back and having mm-hmm. that like safe space is really important. But, spe- but particularly for homebodies, my my husband, he, we love to travel the world and go everywhere, but he is definitely a homebody. Like he, if he could spend all day on a Saturday in his home and just be in the quiet and just, you know, have Absolutely. his own space, it would be the thing that he would love the most. And so that's something that we talk about a lot is we would definitely want to go away for an extended period of time. But South Florida, for the time being, South Florida, Lighthouse Point, where we're from, is will 100% be our landing space. Mm-hmm. And I think you probably get that question a lot. Are you ever going to move back to California? Or right. What are you guys thinking? Because we get that all the time. Will you ever move back to Australia? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm a never say never person. Totally, and, me too. <laughs> and you talk a lot about like not holding too tightly onto plans and right. stuff like that. How 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 does that help shape you not getting too far in advance of like the anxiety of where are we going to live and what's it going to look like? Totally. Gosh, again, back to the 2020, I think no one saw what was coming. And not that like the pandemic made us move by any means. It was just it was just a moment in time for everyone to be like, we have no idea what the future holds, mm. whether that's a pandemic or a job loss or whatever. And it, it just taught me not to grip so tightly to my idea of what life should look like and just kind of release that. And with that, you release like the stress and anxiety surrounded in these big decisions. And then I think when you're with a partner you trust, you kind of just are like, where will we end up? It's going to be okay. Yeah. You know, I think I learned that a lot through travel as well, that it's the home, it's the actual place of dwelling, but also the, 
the people, your your children and your husband. And it's like, as long as we're safe and we have, I always say, if I've got one bed that we can all lay in, we're good. Yeah. We can make anything work. So I hope for more moves and I don't hope for mo- more moves. I'm so happy with where we're at right now, but I'm also saw how wonderful this move was for our family. And I'm like, I'm open to it happening again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that's really cool. Like, like being so content with where you are right now, but then also being open to if a, if an opportunity lands for us, let's take it. And I think yeah. what, what taking continual chances, like dropping out of college and going to travel through Bahamas and Europe, deciding to move from Southern California to South Florida, those experiences continue to help you understand that you have the strength to really make anything happen totally. or to be able to take those chances, Totally, which I think is a really cool thing for your boys to see growing mm-hmm. up with all the travel that you do with them, be the, either from coast to coast or from all the places that you guys have been. Mm-hmm. What has that been like for you as a mom who spends most of your day with your kids? You're homeschooling them. You're taking them on little adventures to the beach and doing fun things with them. As someone who's with them, you know, for a large portion of the day, what's that been like for you to see them change or adapt or open up when you travel with them? Yeah, that's a good question. I hope to create like a balanced childhood for them, one where it's very stable. I grew up in a very stable childhood. My parents were amazing. We played sports. It was just we lived in a quaint little town. Everything was really stable. And I love that. And I crave that for my children. But also crave like this adventure, see new cultures, be open to talking to people of all ages and being adaptable and being able to like be in this foreign city and go play soccer with some kids you see. Like don't, you know, yeah. cross those barriers. It's it's great. I think they're super adaptable and um, they always ask like, when's like to run on a plane? Aww. And they've been on a plane more times than I, you know, like I can't, in their little lives, they've traveled more than I ever did until yeah. like recently. But I think... For me, it excites me that they are adaptable and love it, and I hope that just continues to grow. But I also want them to f- always feel like they do have a home base right. and that safety net. And that's kind of like in our homeschool life, I really prioritize kind of a slower pace for them. I don't mm. really want them to have that hustle-bustle childhood, but at the same time, our hustle-bustle maybe looks like jumping on a plane and going to El Salvador. You know, that was like a last-minute trip that we took. And they're just like, cool, let's go, you know, and loved it. And again, like when the parents are doing it in a like a peaceful way, it all reflects downward, right? So if we're like kind of crazy about it all, then maybe that feels chaotic to them. But my husband is so good at just planning trips and making it like just a family experience that I think they love it. I definitely agree with the chaos to when we were on our way to Greece and we had had a missed flight, a missed connection, we had to stay somewhere and like me and Sam are getting frantic and then the girls are getting frantic and it's then it was just this big frantic hurricane. Like it totally passed. It totally gets passed down and they feel that. So I think, Yeah. yeah. And I think the work that you do at home at maintaining that slow schedule helps them be able to, like, they're not frantic all the time, right? Totally. So if they're frantic at home and then frantic while they travel and it's just constant. Yeah. So at least if they have that balance. And I do think that's something that at least Sam and I, my husband and I talk about a lot is how do you maintain, like you said, that stable family community feel at home, mm-hmm. but also still get that travel fix or also still be able to open up the world to them? Because oftentimes totally. we think it's either that's it. We're on the road 24 seven or you're at home and you never leave your hometown. There has to be a way to be able to balance it. And that seems like something you're you and your husband are being really mindful at. Absolutely. I think that's that's the key to I think my husband could probably be in full on 24 travel mode and travel all the time. But um, I definitely bring more that. Let's also have a home base and like a a 
a month of quiet and then an adventure. So I think as a team, we kind of just have found a balance that's working currently. Mm. But like with everything, it's currently working. We'll see what even a year looks like from now. I think as our boys continue to grow and get more hobbies and sports and interests, we'll just keep adapting to what, what the family needs. Yeah. Um, and I think homeschooling probably allows you a lot of that freedom to be able to decide yeah. Every year we can adapt and change or totally. grow or move like that totally yeah. opens up the world. It opens up your schedule. It opens up totally. everything. G'day mates from the land down under. Just kidding. I'm right here in South Florida enjoying a true blue Aussie coffee, pastry and meat pie at my absolute favorite cafe here in South Florida, Bites and Coffee. That's B-Y-T-E and coffee located in Lighthouse Point. Bite & Coffee is owned and managed by the absolute best couple from down under, Dan and Kat, who moved to South Florida from Melbourne, Australia with the dream of bringing the incredible Aussie cafe culture to the States. As someone who's lived in Australia for five years, I surely do miss my Aussie flat white coffee, brekkie buns, and sausage rolls. But what I miss more is the sense of community when you step inside your favorite cafe. You know that feeling when you walk in and they already know your order and it's ready to go? Yeah, that kind of feeling. Bite & Coffee brings the good vibes, delicious food and coffee, and the true sense of family. I can bring my little girls for breakfast and know that they are welcomed. If you're living in South Florida or just visiting and passing by, I highly recommend heading over to Bite & Coffee and grabbing a coffee with your breakfast or lunch, or even checking out their incredible wine and beer selection with a delicious charcuterie board at night. It's the perfect spot for a catch up with a friend or a business meeting. As a special gift to listeners, when you order at Bite, be sure to mention Transform with Travel for 10% off your order. So go ahead and check it out. Bite and Coffee located in Lighthouse Point. So what was that decision for you and Miles to say, okay, like did your oldest ever go to school or did you say from the beginning we're going to do homeschool? Yeah, so he had a little bit of a preschool in California. And then when we first moved here, we actually put them both in a full-time preschool because we were doing house renovations and stuff. And it just felt like yeah. It'd be better for them to be in like a little daycare preschool kind of thing instead of being home. I think all along I knew once actual school started, they were going to be home with us. I never, I don't know. I just, for me, and I don't think there's any right or wrong way to do it. I think everything is family dependent. Mm. But for me, I just want them home. It makes sense to do it in the home at this point. It's not to say it's going to stay that way even next year. Like, we'll again, we'll completely adapt. My son really likes to be homeschooled. I Sometimes if he's like out of line, I'm like, buddy, do you want to go to school? Yeah. And he's like, oh. <laughs> so I think having that little preschool and school experience was helpful to, for him to see just the different ways that it could all work. Right. And right now he loves being home. We love kind of the lifestyle it allows us. But Again, we'll we'll always assess it each year, I think. Yeah. I'm not like a diehard, they're going to homeschool for life. Mm. But I would love to homeschool them. I look up to a lot of the older homeschool moms on Instagram that have homeschooled their kids all the way through. And I just think their family dynamic is so special. And they've just really held on to that kind of family first mentality right. and just keeping things slow and special and not rushing through childhood. Um, and that's just something we desire a lot for them. Yeah. And I think also, like you said, family centric and also just kid centric. Like, yeah. what does my specific kid need? And that might change from my oldest kid to my youngest kid. Totally. Uh, one of my friends, him and his sister were homeschooled and then they went into school. She would have started high school and he would have started middle school. And he was like, oh, I would have loved this way earlier on. And his sister was like, I 
probably should have stayed homeschool. Like I just oh, like, yeah. being home, you know, so totally. it's like it's interesting that they oh, able yeah. to be adaptable per kid, too, which totally. in, like you said, no knocking any school systems, any decisions. But in a more traditional school setting, schooling is not as individualized as what you can make it at home. Totally. And you can't necessarily let your kids follow their interests and base their day around their interests. So I think there's such beautiful benefits to both. And Absolutely. I'm glad, and like you said, it works for whatever works for each family. Totally. With this idea of slow living and just keeping things at a slower pace for your boys, how do you think that helps shape them as kids to be able to be grown up and be like growing up in this environment of slower living? You yeah. Know? I hope there's just a bit of contentness that they find through it. I think... And again, like I had this wonderful childhood, but I, w- I had sports lined up like every day of the week. Mm-hmm. We had practices. And I don't know how my parents actually did it. They were like amazing because they're driving three kids to different sports every day, sometimes two practices a day, picked up from school. So and I'm not knocking that. That's great. That was a cool childhood. But I think I just desire a bit of a slowdown with them. And of course, we will explore every interest they have. Like you said, with the homeschool thing, that's one of the beauties of it. I love that if they're passionate about the subject, we can just go all in. Mm -hmm. And same with hobbies and sports and activities. But yeah, I think we kind of, as a society, just really rush life. And Mm -hmm. we always have plans on the books. And I love looking at a week and seeing that it's wide open, you know, and kind of going, maybe we'll just do a park day. Maybe that's all we do on Thursday. And that's awesome. Where other people might look at that and be like, I have nothing going on for my kids. People get anxiety when they're not filling their day up because at least for me, when I have free time with my kids, I'm like, what am I going to do with you guys? Right, right, right. (laughs) And they're a lot younger. So I feel like they require just so much attention at this age. But but yeah, a lot of people get anxiety when they have free time. We see that on retreat a lot. We intentionally bake in a lot of free time in our retreats. And we get some clients like or some guests on the retreat be like, what, what do you mean I have free time? I need to know what, what 10 a.m. I do this and 11 a.m. do yeah. this. I'm like, this is your healing. <laughs> go totally. go and rest. Yeah, It helps them just be able to, like you said, slow down and be able to choose what you do with your day. A lot of what I think this anxiety that's getting built in kids so young is rushing from one place to the next place to the next place. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really cool that you're giving them an alternative. And like right. you said, at this age, it's working. And maybe at the next stage, it might you might have to adapt and shift. Totally. And for you as a mom, because a lot of what we hear in modern day motherhood is how harried motherhood is, harried and hurried, how rushed it is, how stressful it is, how all of this. How do you think making this switch for yourself, not just in homeschooling, but just slowing down the pace at home, how do you think that helps you experience motherhood perhaps in a different way? Yeah, that's a good question. I love being a stay-at-home mom. I I truly do. I, I love it. I wanted it. I chose it. My husband supports me fully in that role. And I think that means a lot. You know, it's not like he's like, you should get a job or ever, right. you know, anything but supportive. And I actually found when our kids were in school that full time during that summer we were renovating, I felt like it took lo- it was harder for me to reacclimate to them coming home. Right. It was because, yes. you know, kids like they are on their best behavior a lot of times when they're at school or at a program or with someone else. And then they come home and they let it all out on mom because it's a safe place. Yes. And I felt like that was a lot of my experience during that time. And so it. I'd have like the whole morning free to do all these renovations or talk to people or do whatever. And they'd come home and I just was like, oh, like so stressed out by them. Yeah. And that was a horrible feeling because I'm like, gosh, they're gone all day. And now I'm like stressed out by them when they're home. But I miss them. But now I'm like, ah. Yeah. You know, so that was really hard. Actually, that was like probably the hardest phase of motherhood. And you'd think like, oh, they were gone all day. It should have been the easiest. But for me, that was not the case. 
And I'm sure over time, as they grew up, they were young, then it would get better. But I think because we are just all together and we've kind of have our pace. I don't know. I don't know maybe the right answer for that. No, I trust me. I I really resonated with that. And I've actually never really heard that put into words, that transition from the kids being at school all day and then coming home, that transition for me is really hard, especially as a business yeah. owner. I just, it's, to be able to put the phone down and actually be with them is really, really hard because I just want to keep working and keep yeah. getting it done. And then now all of a sudden I have to switch my change of pace to slow down to be present with them. It's a really hard transition. And I think a lot of moms will relate to that. Yeah. So I can imagine how you guys just learning as a little unit how to coexist with each other totally. and mom needs a little bit of time right now and you guys go play with your Legos. And totally. I think that just Absolutely. creates like a really peaceful environment. Totally. That's a, that's a great way to put it because I mean, they're boys, so it's not totally peaceful. Never, <laughs> never, never. And like, I mean, we watch TV like there's it's not like we're like this perfect no TV family or yeah, anything like yeah. that. There's times where I'm like, guys, I got I need to do some Airbnb stuff. I need to respond to some people and figure things out go watch the show. Mm. And they're at an age where they can do that and put something on and it's a little less, man I don't have to manage quite as much. But yeah, I think the fact that it, we're just all together a lot of the day, even my husband works from home and he's in his office most of the day working, but he can pop out. And so it's not just like frantic, like mom, 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 you know, because yeah. I haven't seen you all day. It's more just this ease to the day. I've, I think you just converted me. I'm like, if I could have just like 10% more ease, I'm in. Yeah. But I, I really agree. That transition was really hard. So yeah. I can imagine that. Being... And when they're really young, sometimes I think people say it. I mean, I love being a mom and I love my kids so much. But sometimes the things they want to play or playing on their level, it can be kind of challenging. Yeah. And um, the older they've gotten, the more I love like the conversations with them. And you just kind of find what I just straight up, to, straight up had to tell my six-year-old like I don't enjoy playing dinosaurs but yeah. I will sit here and color with you you know and you just kind of and that's okay that yeah. honesty and transparency I think yeah. so and then he goes and plays dinosaurs with his brother yeah exactly like, <laughs> you know he, he wants to play dinosaurs with you yeah he'll enjoy it a lot more <laughs> so wh when you guys you traveled recently to El Salvador did, and yeah. it was a last minute trip what was that like bringing the boys down there and just going down to Central America in general is just a different pace of life. It's a different mm -hmm. way of being. You have to be a little bit more careful where you're going and, and what you're eating and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. What was that like for you bringing your boys? And and from my perspective, looking at Instagram, of course, everything is not exactly Instagram versus reality. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it did seem like really an, a total embodiment of that slow living and oh, like what like, you guys do yeah. at home translated into travel. Yeah, it was one of our best family trips to date. And I don't know that those can always be planned. It just all kind of came together. It was a last minute trip. We had a weekend open and my husband was kind of like, hey, there's like great flight deals down to El Salvador. You want to go? And there was a bit of swell coming for him. And we ended up finding an Airbnb that was super affordable. And it was right on the beach where my husband was going to surf. And that was like a really big win for me because a lot of times he like heads out to go surf for a few yeah. hours and then comes back and then a few hours yeah, right no like six day. hours later <laughs> we're starving yeah uh, no so that was like incredible to have him just like literally trot down the stairs and go surf in front of us and we're like waiting they can watch him, him. And stuff. Yeah. yeah um so as far as all that goes it was great we i was a little hesitant i growing up in california never went down to central america or that wasn't like i know a lot of floridians go down there often mm -hmm. and my husband has gone down quite a bit so he had been to El Salvador, I think maybe a year or two before on a, just a guy's surf trip. But anyways, I was a little worried about the safety aspect yeah, of just for sure. being with the kids and stuff. 
but I absolutely loved it. I felt like everyone was, I mean, everyone, I'm sure you notice this when you travel too. I think places get these bad reps, but when you come down to it, people are people and most people are good. Yeah. You know, you always have like the experiences or hear the stories of this could happen, that could happen. And and this could and that could, could also happen here. Here. Absolutely. Probably more likely. Absolutely. <laughs> I felt safer there than here yeah. for sure. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's a good point. Yeah. So everyone was wonderful. We had great food. We never got sick. I'm always, I'm like a big, I don't want to get like the stomach bug. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, when you travel on Mexico or something, you always get like a day of sickness. Yeah. None of us got that. Amazing. At all. And we, it's a little scarier with boys, like, with, not with boys, but just with young with kids, kids, right? Absolutely. You don't so want I got really, really sick in Indonesia where I was I had to go to the hospital. It was really bad. Oh, and we're geez. going back to Asia with the girls at the end of the year. And that's my one thing is if my one-year-old gets this super dehydrating, throwing yeah. up stomach bug, like that's something, it's, it's, a little, it's scary. Absolutely. So it's definitely a valid concern. You Absolutely. have to think about where's the closest hospital if something is going to happen. Totally. Like, it's definitely is something as a mom you have to consider. And Totally. And we were like super careful about the water we drank and all of those things. I think you just travel smartly. And things like I left my wedding ring here in Florida. I didn't bring my diamond down there to show to ever. You know what yeah, I mean? Totally. Just you try to be... Just smart, safe, simple. We don't drink a lot, so it's not like we're, we're like out. I think that's kind of like the scenarios you hear about, like someone out drinking and they got mugged or right. this or that. So I felt like it was so safe. I would definitely recommend it to other families. It's Beautiful definitely culture. on our radar for oh, sure. Yeah. It's it's on the list, I think. Loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Highly recommend. Amazing. And it was so easy. It was like a two-hour flight from here. Like, you can't beat that. From Fort Lauderdale? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think it was like two. And then what was it like when you landed... In San Salvador, mm-hmm. correct? Yep. What What was that drive like to the area? Like, I think it was how an far hour was and it? a half. Great roads. We wow. rented a car for really low because we we're actually going to go to Puerto Rico. That's what was it was like between those two places, and Puerto Rico was just like pricing out so yeah. much higher. I yeah. mean, a rental car was going to be like a thousand dollars for like the four days we were going to go. Just ridiculous. It's like Costa Rica right now. Like everything's yeah. so expensive. But also, I mean, th- I think we had our rental car for, and we didn't even have to. We could have done like a taxi or whatever, but we kind of like to have a mode of transportation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, So I think our rental was like 120 bucks. Oh my gosh. So, oh my gosh. And like our flights were under 200. Wow. Our Airbnb was like 115 per night. It was yeah, stunning. it was incredible. Like, we stunning. literally had a beachfront home with a private pool. Yeah, the um, caretakers lived in the house behind us. It was gated, so it was really protected as well. Extra safety, and they lived in the house behind us. And they would like come in every morning. I felt bad. I'm like, you don't have to do this, but they're like sweeping up after the boys, and they cook food for us if we wanted for like five dollars a meal wow. for the whole family. Wow, so you don't even have to leave. <laughs> yeah, she's like cooking us plantains freshly. Aww. It was so cool. And, and what um, was the what was it like for the boys then when they're they're watching dad surf right out right out yeah. out front and like, oh they what, loved it I, had they ever been anywhere like that before I don't know besides well, maybe like the Bahamas but I mean, yeah. Central America is so different it it is so different and I kept hearing everyone say like ooh you're gonna like catch the bug yeah and I totally did I've been like trying to get back there and Miles keeps checking the surf like, we're only going I if I can surf yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah they loved it we I actually a little travel hack that I'm gonna do moving forward. I knew there wasn't, I didn't want to bring iPads or anything. I didn't want that to like take up our day. And I knew there wasn't going to be a lot for us to do. But I brought paint and a, like a paint brush. And then we painted rocks for hours How each fun. day. And it was so fun. That's we got a better and idea. better. Yeah, it was just like this little tiny paint set that I threw in our travel bag. And yeah, we just, I just wanted it to be simple. We were only there for four days. And I just, yeah, wanted to kind of unplug. And we did just that. That's it was awesome. a great trip. 
Okay, well, you definitely cemented that. Yeah. El Salvador yeah. is on my list. It's yeah. going to happen. And so, okay, the very last thing I want to chat about is, so we obviously met through a book club. Mm-hmm. And books have a way of bringing places to life and they have a way of really inspiring you and sometimes changing your perspective. Has there been any books that have been travel related? I know I'm kind of just like throwing this question at you, (laughs) but I was just thinking about books and I was like, I can name like some books that have just really opened my eyes to like wanting to go explore or specific places that I've read about. Have there been any books for you that that really inspired you? Let's see. I'm currently reading the uh, Court of Thorns oh, okay. series, uh, yep. series, so I'm like all in fairyland you're, you're right in, now. You're in fantasy <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, and I don't really want to go to those places. They're kind of scary. <laughs> Gosh, I mean, we just read in book club Happy Place, and yeah. that's kind of a silly example, but I want to go up to, what was that, Maine? Was, and it sounded amazing, and I was like trying to plan a trip to make and we just didn't have time in our schedule to make it happen. But That's what I mean. Like I, Sometimes I read books from Elon Hildebrand, which is mm-hmm. it's all about the yep. Northeast, Nantucket. and it's all about these tiny, yeah, Nantucket, or you know, tiny little beach towns in New York and whatever, and I'm like, that's so different to what I'm mm-hmm. used to. That sounds really cool. Like just like opening yourself up totally. to those things. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember I read a book called Shantaram and it ended up oh. being a Apple TV show. And that book was about this man who, it's a long story. <laughs> he was a prisoner and he broke out of prison in Australia. Oh. And then he went all the way to India to start a new life. Oh, but that cool. to me was like, wow, I want to go to India. It oh, was really? so cool. And it was a really crazy book, but I it was just it's I love how books can Absolutely. transport you to different places and different times and really open your eyes and learn so much more about totally different things around the world. That's- Everyone always knocks eat pray love and I'm sorry. I know you're probably going to tell me that no. I'm, I'm stupid but no. I like that book at that time yes. in my life cuz what was it? Like 15 years ago, 10 15 totally. years ago, yeah, maybe 10 least. years ago. I was like, "Whoa." You know, it just totally yeah. opened my eyes to, "Wow, this woman can go on her own and do 3 months, 3 months, 3 months totally. in different places." Like that long-term travel wasn't even a thing that I ever thought was possible. Totally. So then, uh, to Italy, I went to India, yeah. I went to Bali. I was like, "I'm going to I'm going to eat pray my lo- eat pray love my way through my whole life." So <laughs> That's before you met your husband? Yes. You did all- that's so yeah. cool. Yeah. I no, oh, I did those with my husband. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, but it was before I read that book before I met him. Right, right, right. And but it's just it cool together. how, yeah. you know, Books can absolutely bring people together, like like we do at book club, totally. and then also it can open yourself up to you know such a big broad world out there. Totally, I love yay, I love that. It's the ultimate downtime, and also your mind is still going. Yeah, I love reading absolutely, and, and I actually fall in love with reading on our van trip because I actually I did not like reading as a kid. I never read any of the books that were. Um, really required summer required. reading. Yeah, <laughs> none of those. I always found the cliff notes or something. And it's such a shame I did because I wish I would have now. But when someone's like forcing you to read a book that you're not interested in, it's like forcing a kid to learn something that they're not interested totally. in. It's really hard. You have to have that inner motivation to want to read it. Totally. That's a good point. I'm trying to, I really want my six-year-old to love return. <laughs> He's got to find it on his own. But yeah, on the van trip, we just had, because again, inst- we just weren't on our phone. Phones were so different. Yes. Even 10 years ago. Yeah. In such a great way where I wasn't scrolling Instagram. I was sitting on a beach watching my boyfriend surf, you know, and I, that's when I would pick up books at hostels and stuff and I would read anything I could get my hands on. Remember the Lance Armstrong book was such a good book. There to you read. go. Yeah. So random. Well, I mean, that's so cool that yeah. traveling has even sparked your yeah. love for reading. And Absolutely. now your love for reading has brought together what, like 30 to 40 women yeah. in this book club that you've created here in South Florida. Yeah. It's just really cool. Fun. It's like a common thread throughout just how one little thing that happens while you're traveling totally. or while you're doing something new can help something later down the track. In Absolutely. Your life, so. That's so true. So I always end the episodes with 
four rapid fire questions. Oh, it's like a little wow. travel pop okay. quiz. Okay. Woo. Just it'll it, it's it's nothing crazy. Okay. okay? So the first <laughs> one is if you could only go back to one place, one country, <laughs> town, whatever in the world, where would it be and why? That's so hard. I know. It's like literally the hardest question when you're allowed to travel. I'm just going to go based off of what I feel in this very moment because I was trying to plan it last night. I have had this urge to go back to Paris, oh, which wow. is so random wow. because it's so not our typical I know, it's scene. like really off-brand. It's so <laughs> off-brand. We typically don't like cities, but I've been just sparked by it recently a few times. And I'm like, I want to go back there. But northern Spain will always be a favorite of ours from our time there. I haven't been to northern Spain and I oh. haven't been to Paris either. So, oh. yeah, I'll put that on I know the list. Paris is like hit or people either love it or maybe not. Well, I, from I what like I've heard. When I was traveling through Europe, I didn't have a lot of money. And I was like, I want to go back to Paris, which I understand there's a whole allure to doing it on the cheap too, because my yeah. husband did it. And I was like, I want to go back to Paris when I have someone with me, which is totally not me. I do things on my own all the time. But I was like, I want to go back with a partner or someone and I want to go back with money. <laughs> well, so, so I've got funny. the partner. I'm waiting for the money part. <laughs> totally. I, it's so funny you say that because I was just telling Miles, we went during the van time yeah. and we were literally dirt poor. Now I feel like going back, we could actually not be in a van. We could right? be in a hotel. <laughs> but I think there's something like the, the memory. I, I just remember being like traveling through these amazing cities through Europe and like grabbing a baguette and some cheese yeah. and sitting on the oh side of the road. There's something like so cool. about the grit of traveling totally. like that is really cool too. So absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Number it. two is what's next on your bucket list? We really want to travel in a van in Australia. So I'm going to oh pick your, your brain yes. a lot with that one. I think, and and I actually want to ask you, sorry to go way off topic it's here, okay. about how I noticed you plan out your year before. So it's something we're trying to get good at. We're not planners, but we have all these places we want to go. And I'm like, time is just fleeting. Let's go. And finding the, the right seasons for the right places. It just, it kind of requires some planning. It does. And I think, so for me, it's because my... My business is through travel with these retreats. Right. And we plan anywhere between six to 12 months out. Okay. So I, we knew that we were going to be meeting Sam's family in Southeast Asia for Christmas okay. in 20, 2000, like this 2023, this year. Coming up. December okay. into 2024. We knew that like a year ago, literally okay. a year and a half ago, really. We planned it as a family for okay. him. So we planned a retreat around awesome. when I was going to be there. We know that we... We're doing European summer retreats, so we're planning that six months out. And cool. so I think yeah. because my business requires me to be in certain places at certain times, totally. I have to plan my family's travel around it. Absolutely. That so, okay. you know, I think it's it I helps. think it's important. I, I'm i more like you where I'm just like, let's go. I, yeah. You know, what do you mean? And I'm, my, my parents were like that. Sometimes I'll get a text from my parents being like, we're packing up in two days. We're leaving to go to Norway. I'm like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> I'll text my parents, where are you? They're like, we're in Portugal. I'm like, what? what? You, guys, you guys were just here three days ago. That's so so, cool. so yeah. I get that from them. Whereas my husband and his family will plan things out like a year, like year in out. advance. Yeah. yeah they wow. they like to know where they're going and they do a lot of things through points. And so they, that's cool. how they plan their yeah. travel. So yeah, like you said, planning around seasons and kind of knowing pivotal points in your year. Do you have weddings? Do you have certain things that you totally. know? And then like shaping Finding it around those little that. spots yeah. that are open. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay. Number three. What is your biggest life lesson that you've learned while traveling? To let go of expectation, for sure. Yeah, I Because even as a child, I would imagine traveling. We, I would sit in Barnes & Noble with my mom. Several times a week, we would do it. And I would just look at all the travel magazines and just daydream about traveling. And almost built up this totally unrealistic, idealistic right. view of traveling, which was cool as a child to dream. But then as an adult, I remember kind of having that like, whoa, this is not 
You know, there's good. Everyone who's traveled knows there's hardships that come with it and there's so much beauty that comes with it. Yeah. And I think that was like a big lesson for me to not have these high expectations, but just let it all unfold. Yeah, because life doesn't just automatically get better because you've escaped to another country. No. Whatever you're dealing with at home comes with you for the most part. And also this country that you're visiting is its own world as well. They have their own ups and downs. It's not just some Instagram thing. And I think Instagram and social media have have been amazing because they've opened up our eyes to so many new places. But it's also furthered this expectation that we... absolutely. I remember Sam and I went to Siem Reap in Cambodia and we're going to see Angkor Wat. And we're going to do Angkor Wat, the big temple system there. And we were going to see it as the sunrise comes up. That's like the most famous. It's like the famous picture. And Sam had this picture of this beautiful sunrise from whatever, five or six years prior. And I was like, I want that picture because we were travel blogging at the time. I was like, I need that picture. (laughs) So we get there. We wake up at 4.30. We get there. It's cloudy. It's raining. There's thousands of people. And I was like all pissed off. I'm totally. like, I didn't get the picture. This sucks. You know, this totally. this was awful. And Sam's like, do you realize how many filters I put on that picture to make that look good? He's like, are you really going to be angry about this yeah. right now? And it just totally made me be like, wait a minute. I have my priorities all messed totally. up. You know how we just like want something because of Instagram or there's this like, expectation. And, oh, my gosh. Yeah. That actually, when we first started, we had a blog way back in the day, Acres to See. Love it. Acres Shout out. the Orchard <laughs> and then See because Miles grew up in the sea. And we were trying to like do travel blogging. And we realized so quickly that how much it took away the joy of us actually traveling because mm-hmm. we were trying to manufacture a lot of this stuff. And it made me also realize, like, stop idealizing these people who are doing it because the reality is they're going back to their hotel and they're like blog. So that was kind of like we'd take pictures and we do all these things. And then we had to like go back and write about it and do the back end. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do this. I just want to keep exploring and doing stuff. So sometimes we were like, oh, we should have kept at that. That was pretty cool. But then I think we live in this world with Instagram and everything where we can idealize everything and reality is still reality. And like you said, I love that you said whatever you're dealing with here, you're going to deal with there. Mm-hmm. That's a huge life lesson. And that's like kind of with even moving to a new place. If you're in a good place with your family and you move somewhere else, you're going to be probably in a good place with again, you yeah. know, but if you're not, then you might not be. And that's all like the inner work, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, travel definitely helps highlight that for you while you're away. Yeah. But if you're dealing with something pretty heavy and you try to travel to escape that, totally, it sometimes gets amplified or triggered or it can make totally. things worse. So, that's so true. That's a whole other podcast. That's a whole- <laughs> okay, number so four. True. Okay, no, number sorry, four. Sorry. Number four is if you could give one piece of advice to someone who's just starting out or just going on their first adventure or planning for it, what would it be? Oh, boy. This might not be the popular answer. Well, I just love that I got to do it with my husband. And literally, I look at him as a best friend. We have just been friends from the start. And I'm so thankful to do that with him. But I don't want to say that to everyone because if you're like badass and traveling on your own, that's so cool. I wasn't that person ever. I wish I kind of was at one point, but I just wasn't. It just really taught us how it just meant, not to feel like cheesy, but how like meant for each other we were. It really shapes you. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I think sure that's, I think that's that a too. huge, huge piece of advice is don't be afraid to go on that adventure with somebody, somebody that you just met. Yeah. You know, totally. say yes. Like if you feel, if, I mean, obviously be smart, but like <laughs> maybe do a little background check on this person, make sure that he, you know, that person's safe and whatever. That was huge for me. I surveyed probably like 45, 50 people. Like, should I go back to Europe to meet this man I only knew for two days? 
Wow. 99% of the people said no. Wait, was this Sam? Yes. Oh oh my gosh, I love that. 99% of the people are like, no, no, he's probably a serial killer. No, don't go back. What are you you talking about? But there was just... My parents felt okay about it. His parents like t- felt okay about it. We felt it was just yeah. we had we had to kind of like tune out, tune out a lot and just say yes, and yeah. and and we went for it, and here totally. we are. And it's a really similar story to yeah. you guys is just going on that adventure with with that person. Totally. So not being afraid to just go for it. Yeah, yeah. taking chances. Yep. Here we go. Well, thank you so much for people who want to connect with you online. Where's the best place for them to connect, follow, say hi? I just have a personal Instagram. I just share family stuff and travel. But on it's the Smiths. Yeah, you can link, I'll it. link it in the show notes. And then mm-hmm. your sourdough bread, you, oh, yeah. you share that in, with local South Florida community, right? Or do you ship that as well? I ship that as oh, well. Amazing. Yeah. So I do ship sourdough starters for anyone who wants to start making sourdough. The doco? Yeah, doco. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So cute. Well, thank yeah. you so much. This was thank fun. you. This is so fun. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Transform with Travel podcast. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode of inspiration, adventure, and exploration. If you felt inspired by this episode, please rate and review in whatever streaming app you're listening from. This allows us to spread the word even more and continue to serve up weekly doses of adventure. As always, we'd love if you could share the episode with someone in your life who you think will benefit from this conversation. Thanks so much for listening. This is your reminder to get out there and keep on exploring.